It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Alec trying to steer around, picked off, centered, they score! Feather back over to Manny, splits the defense, his shot, he scores! Back in his own end there was Shillington, on collision, VL, centering feed, they score! This is CUDA Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Sharks AHL affiliate, the San Jose Barracuda. Here are your hosts, Nick Nolenberger and Joey Goldstein. Hello, Barracuda fans. Nick Nolenberger here, and this is your Barracuda 2-Minute Power Play. On Wednesday, the Barracuda suffered a 5-4 overtime loss at the hands of the Stockton Heat, their eighth straight loss. But they turned around on Sunday and found a way to pick up a 5-2 win over the Bakersfield Condors in Southern California. After falling behind 1-0, the Cuda would reel off three straight goals, including a goal in the second period by defenseman Jeremy Waugh. In that spot, 7-0-7 remaining in the second period, one lead for the Cuda. Centering feed there. Big rebound. Scored. Jerry Wad jumping up in the forward position. Filling in on a short bench. Cleans up a rebound. And Wad his first goal of the year. And the Barracuda take a 3-1 lead. The goal for Wad was his first of the year and snapped a 34-game goalless drought. What made the tally extra unique was the fact that Waugh had been kicked up to the right wing on the fourth line, the first time in his career in which he played the forward position. In the victory, Zachary Sachenko would make 22 saves on 24 shots, and five different skaters would contribute with multiple points. On Monday, the Barracuda would play their second straight game in the second game of a hockey day in San Jose doubleheader, as the Sharks had the Florida Panthers in town for an afternoon matchup prior. The Cuda's opponent, the top-seeded Tucson Roadrunners. And they didn't wait long to strike. Just 27 seconds into the game, Jeff Viel would be sprung free on a breakaway and cash in for the Barracuda's first goal. Then just 38 seconds later, Lukas Rodil would add on to the lead at the 105 mark of the opening period. But Tucson would get one back in the first and tie the game in the second period before Max Latunov in just his second game back from reassignment would cash in with his 11th of the year. Tucson would get a man... Tucson would... Uh, Tucson would again manage to tie the game up, this time on a shorthanded goal, but Trevor Carrick would answer with a power play tally, his ninth of the year. Holm Galak's up high, now Carrick on the left point, return back over to Brodzinski, to the end line for Holm Galak's, works his way up high to the point, into the high slot, to the far side, one timer, Carrick, bomb, score! What a shot by Carrick, tees it up, and the Barracuda are back on top. In the third period, Carrick would extend his club's lead with his 10th of the year, moving him into the second spot in the AHL among all defensemen with 10 tallies. Jeff Viel would then pot an empty netter for his first three-point effort in two-goal game of his American Hockey League career. With the victory, the Barracuda extended their point streak to a season-high four games. With the two goals, Trevor Carrick reached 200 points in his AHL career. He spoke to the media following his club's win. 
No, I had no idea. I didn't, no idea. Uh, I didn't know where I was. I just got uh, notified after the game and kind of cool, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, two goals again. It's, you know, a few multi-goal games this year. What were you seeing out there that, you know, allowed you to make those chances? Yeah, that's weird. They kind of just been coming in waves for me, but uh, not really changing much. Just throwing it on net and uh, sometimes they just happen to go in and get that lucky bounce and uh, that was the case tonight. Yeah. And, you know, you've had a lot of turmoil, a lot of guys up and down from the Sharks and, yeah. you know, how, how do you kind of adjust to that? mid-game when you're going through with someone else playing with you maybe yeah it's, it's kind of been a weird year it's been like that all year I feel like and um, it's something we just kind of had to deal with and it's a little adversity for us and you know having a young group it, uh, it's taken us some time but you know we just got to play our game do what we do best and uh, some guys got some different roles to fill in and um, I think you know over the last little little stretch I think we've been doing a pretty good job doing that so. I'm Nick Nolenberger and this has been your Barracuda two-minute power play Hello and welcome to another edition of Cuda Confidential, the official podcast of the San Jose Barracuda, AHL affiliate of the NHL San Jose Sharks. Nick Nolenberger here along with marketing manager Joey Goldstein. Man, this is a different vibe today. Feels good. We got a little Feels good. Going, man. I mean, I feel every time we, we come back week to week, we throw to an interview as quick as possible just because of the way things are going. It's been a little bit of a, a strenuous season in terms of wins and losses, but you snapped that eight-game skid finally, and then you add another win, and all of a sudden you're on a four-game point streak, the longest of the season, as the group had picked up points in their previous two with a couple back-to-back overtime losses, first in Colorado and then at home against Stockton. But you hit the road, you take on a desperate Bakersfield team who is now falling on some hard times themselves, but you pick up a nice 5-2 win. On a very thin lineup, you had to kick up Jeremy Watt of the forward position. All of a sudden, he played pretty good, scores his first goal of the season. They put him back up at forward on Monday, and uh, I thought he played uh, pretty well as uh, as well on Monday. So things are things are pretty good, I think, in Cuda Country. Everybody uh, certainly is uh, feeling a lot better. That bus trip back from Bakersfield on Sunday uh, was uh, was a good one. Um, I think Sasha Shemolowski was kind of joking. He's like, man, doesn't it feel good, Noli, like as he takes a seat in the bus. So it's kind of funny, like just uh, how uh, things can change off of one win. But uh, good to be back in the win column and make it two in a row. Yeah, no, it's 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 great. And you, obviously the last two games, you've seen the Barracuda play much, much better hockey. Not that they weren't before. I mean, they were playing pretty well prior to that. But there's a consistency issue, especially when it came to closing out games. And I think that was the big thing that I was watching over the last two wins is how are they going to close out and finish the game? And they've taken that. And it seems like they're learning a little bit from those past mistakes where they have blown leads. I mean, I heard you on the, the radio first period, our goal differential is pretty solid. And then second, third period is where it severely declines. And that's kind of why we are where we are. Um, so if we can start closing out some games, that magic number, which is very, very high right now, is going to start to shrink down quite a bit. Um, but it is good. It's Everybody's just in a better mood. I can imagine what that bus ride was like. I know we had our um, a post-game chat with season ticket holders and a couple of players and, and coach the other day um, after our game on monday against tucson and one of the things manny said kind of resonated a bit and it's when you're losing games like that oftentimes you're you're trying to do too much and you're trying to overcompensate you maybe grip the stick too hard you try to get a little bit too fancy and that kind of stuff can lead to mistakes and turnovers and things not going your way but if you can stay within your system play your game you're going to be fine and that's what they've done over the last two games and it's showing I me mean, you come, you beat a Tucson team who's 
was at the time the top team in the Pacific Division. Before that, he beat a Bakersfield team who was very, very good, very tough to play against, who has been for the last year and a half for us. So, uh, and even the Stockton game, although we, you know, we we lost that lead at one point, we're up on them three to one. So, uh, it's it's nice to see things trending in this direction, and hopefully, we can keep it going with two huge games coming up here in Southern California. Yeah, and you mentioned the stats. Not all the time do stats tell the entire story, but with this team, they kind of do, yeah. right? You're a plus in the first period, you're minus in the second, and you're, you're a big, big minus in third. So you start off well, you just aren't finishing games. Then you look at the special teams. I mean, you're in the middle of the pack in terms of power play, but your penalty kill struggled for a good majority of the season. We've lost a lot of games by losing the special teams battle. You look at shots per game. We're first in the American League in shots per game, yet we're dead last in goals against per game. So you're not giving up a ton of shots yet. A lot of pucks are ending up in the back of your net. So it's a save here, a save there that can make all the difference. And you saw that in the two games over the weekend. You got some good goaltending from first Zachary Sachenko on Sunday, and then you turn around and you get Yosef Kornash a win as well. And, you know, there were some goals, that, you know, I think on Monday, you look at the one um, that tied the game up in the second period. I think Jordan Gross scored the goal from distance, yep. no one in front. I think that's one that Joe would want back, but he hunkered down. I thought he was really, really good in the third period. And it's about winning the little battles. Maybe you have a setback here or there at a game, but it's about being you know, resilient and fighting back and being competitive. So, you know, two big, big wins that hopefully this group can build on. You're off until next Saturday in San Diego for a game in San Diego on Saturday in Ontario on Sunday. And then you come back and you're at home for six straight games. Yeah. So, you know, you look at the schedule too and the standings, this Barracuda team has games in hand on, every, on almost everybody in the division. So, you know, there is a bit of a silver lining if you could put some sort of stretch together. Now, making the playoffs, you know, I think you got to be a bit of a realist. It's going to take quite a push at the end. You've got to, we talked about playing 750 hockey. You probably got to play 850 hockey, yeah. to be I mean, honest. Hey, some crazier things have happened, right? I mean, we've seen some wild things, especially a couple of years ago with us in the past. But you're right. You got to play an extremely, extremely high level of hockey. But from, you know, I guess you could really look at this weekend. You got two games on the road, but that six game homestand, those games, it's not like it's stretched over like a three week period. They're happening really one on top of another. I know we play March 2nd, March 4th, March 6th, March 7th, and then these two games leading into it. So within a week and a half ish, hit the 29th. Yeah, I mean, with a week and a half there, you get the 29th, the 26th. So two week stretch you're you're looking at a lot of games crammed on top of each other by the time you get to mid-march you're going to know exactly where this team is and whether or not postseason's a possibility or not because who knows if you go through and you win all these games that changes standings dramatically just given how often we have to play each other we've talked about it before where each game is is more of a swing than you think it is because when that magic number starts to go up and down if you're beating teams ahead of you or teams are losing and we're all playing each other so often it's going to have a big impact. Yeah, and you looking at the schedule, your next four games, two of them come against San Diego and two of them come against Ontario, two teams that are fighting for that fourth and final playoff spot. It's incredible, Ontario. Look at their goal differential. They're one of the worst plus-minus teams in the entire league, yet they just continue to find ways to win. Cal Peterson went up, yet they just continue to pick up victories. So they're kind of having an ability to have a stronghold on that fourth and final playoff spot. They played, I believe, the last time we checked, I think they had played four or five more games in the Barracuda. So again, you have some games in hand, but you basically got to come out of this next stretch, these next four games where you play both in San Diego and in Ontario, and then you welcome those two teams up to Northern California. 
you almost have to be perfect. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a tall order, but um, that's the kind of way you got to look at it when you're so far behind the eight ball. But you know, just taking game by game, certainly encouraging the way the team has continued to battle and continue to try to you know find ways to win. And you touched on it at the very beginning, but you don't want to you know overlook the fact that you've got. I mean, especially where we're at right now, we'll talk about it in a couple minutes here about where we're at roster wise right now. We are very, very bare bones. Fortunately, everybody is healthy, but that's the like we have 21 skaters and two goalies and that's what we got. So if a guy goes down, you know, from there are more recalls happening, like things are going to get a little crazy. But the guys who are playing, you look at guys like Jeremy Waugh, who's being asked to play forward, guys like Manny Weeder, who's coming back from injury, Danny Urteichen, Leon Bergman, these guys who we've kind of been hoping could could come in and make an impact they are you know they're they're helping out they're pulling their weight at wazi i mean i've I talked to a couple people they would argue that at, in bakersfield he was the best player on the ice as a forward which is something you wouldn't expect because he's a defenseman um but i heard jimmy bono talking about it after the game on monday where you know they want to try to find ways to put guys in the lineup where they're going to succeed and if given wazi a chance to play forward because we got an open spot is going to let him do that then that's going to work. He's going to he he's good along the boards. He wins battles as a defenseman. That's kind of in his in his nature, and he's able to back check and play defensively too. So he's smart in his own end, um, and he's he's an aggressive forechecker too. Yeah, we have learned he is a stout part to his game. He's he's pretty well built. A yeah. guy who's I think he's maybe six foot, and he's about two hundred pounds. So he's a pretty sturdy guy. Not the tallest of guys, but yeah, it helps. You're going in there to battle, um, and you've got that little bit of a size advantage you know, on, on your side. Um, I think that's a perfect segue. Let's talk about some of the transactions that's, that have gone on over, you know, the last 48 hours or so. Of course, everybody in the hockey world saw the reaction that Brent Dillon had following the game against the Florida Panthers. It was brought up, you know, could this be your last game? He was very emotional about it. I think uh, if, if you asked anybody in this entire organization about Brendan Dillon, he is, you know, the words that are going to be said about him are completely glowing. Probably one of the most respected players that's ever come through here. Nobody's got a bad, guy. nobody has a bad thing to say about him. Incredible. And, and, you know, I didn't deal with him much, but the times that I interacted with him, one of the nicest mm-hmm. human beings you're ever going to meet. So, you know, from a complete human being standpoint, tough to see him go from a playing standpoint, tough to see him go. Um, got a nice little return i thought you know a second and a third rounder i think it's a conditional third um but you know you're building towards the future you're trying to stockpile draft picks and from a kuda standpoint that means you're going to get players in the next couple years that are going to probably impact your team before they impact a big club but um you see brendan Dillon go and immediately you see the recall of defenseman nicholas malosh who gets his first recall he's never played in the nhl but a high second round pick of the avalanche a few years back so very encouraging to see him get a recall there were some rumblings. I don't know if you had, you had heard it or, or got that sense, but the organization's really high on this guy mm-hmm. and the, the style of game he plays. He was taken in the second round, I think, um, expecting to have a little bit more of an offensive game. Um, that's not really him, though, as a pro. He's a big, stiff defenseman who's going to make you work for every inch. And, and he's going to, I think, if he goes in there and gets a couple games, he's going to fit in perfectly because that's the type of game he has. It, it can translate, I think, between the two leagues. But Immediate impact, you see Milosh go up. And then we saw today, of course, the Sharks reassigned Dalton Proud on long-term IR. So essentially, you just replace Milosh with Proud, a veteran blue liner. has been really banged up this year. We saw him for a short stint with the Cuda earlier this year. Um, has been up a little bit with the Sharks, but has suffered um, multiple um, 
concussions this season so um good to see Prouder back on the ice but th- that's kind of the, the almost transfer you get yeah well, I mean with the trickle down obviously Jake Middleton is the he's he's going up first with the uh Eric Carlson news so mids is very in all likelihood gonna remain a shark for the rest of the year so that's obviously a big hit uh for us but then Mello goes up who like you said very highly touted you know was a second round draft pick got bounced over a little bit in uh in in Colorado never really it just had guys come in who were a little bit younger and just seemed to pass him on the depth chart so the trade we made at the beginning of the season with Antoine Bebo just kind of gives him a, a fresh change of scenery and to start the year I thought Mello was a guy who was he was so-so to me he wasn't anything outstanding and then he started to find his stride and get more comfortable out here and now he's been a guy who they can't take out of the lineup because he's been so reliable not putting up big numbers uh point wise but you don't have to if you're a reliable defenseman which is what he's proven to be uh at, at this point in the season so it'll be good I, I do hope he gets some games he's one of those guys too who's just tremendous off the ice um always got a smile on his face likes to joke around likes to have a good time so he is somebody that uh i'm, I'm looking forward to seeing hopefully get some time along with you know with jake middleton too uh, but like you said there's that trickle down effect also on the barracuda Dalton prout's going to come in he's going to replace someone like you know jake middleton hopefully be that that shut down kind of defenseman guy that we're looking for in that one of those top two pairings uh, but really I mean our, our defense takes a hit without Nick Milosh and Jake Middleton so you do need guys like Trevor Carrick who's been playing great lately Nick DeSimone Thomas Gregory you need those guys to kind of start to step in and fill those voids uh, to help keep the Barracuda rolling like we have been over the last four games yeah definitely I remember asking Nick when he first got traded on why he thought the trade was made and it was you know what you just talked about that you know he almost fell a little bit behind a few guys I mean you look at Colorado's roster and they've got four defensemen um, on their roster 24 and under and a couple who are you know around that 20 to 21 range that are right-handed shots, mm-hmm. including Kale McCarr, of course, everybody knows um, as, a, as a breakout guy um, in his first year in the NHL. So um, moving on, great for Malosh, where I think we're all excited to, to see him maybe get his first crack at the NHL level. Um, Leon Bergman, a nice little couple games for him a guy who sustained an injury way back on December 31st didn't play all of January and seems like maybe he's starting to find his offensive groove after a stretch I believe I had it uh clocked his 13 games in which he hadn't scored and it was way back yeah. in november which yeah, he, he was out scored. with injury for a while too though yep, so. he was out but he was yeah, out was, for all was, the month of january in, yeah. and then you lose your timing you know you lose your touch and you're you're just trying to work your way back into the lineup but he scored back-to-back games first on wednesday then on sunday and then added an assist uh on the win on monday so he's now working on a three-game point streak and was named the sharks prospect of the week he's been good he's been uh you know he's he's playing that same kind of role that he was before his injury where he's kind of he's flying around out there he's hard on pucks he's chasing everything down he's being a bit of a pest and an agitator uh getting under the skin of some guys on the other team so uh you do like to see that i I think the on monday the penalty he took late against tucson was a little ill-advised um the roughing penalty that he took was probably not the the timeliest or the best penalty but fortunately we were able to kill it off where it didn't have much of an impact uh but it's good to see him back and playing. I, I know he was a pretty big piece for us early on in the year. So to see him back and, you know, contributing right away after taking so much time off with a, with a lower body injury, it's 
being able to come in and contribute is, is huge. So, um, again, another guy we hope to see continue that trend here going forward. Yeah, Michael Bunting drew him into a penalty late in the game. Yeah, Bunting was... drew VL into a penalty earlier in the game. He's an agitator himself who seems to get over, under everybody's skin every yeah, time he's playing. We're, during warm-ups, I, 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 I won't name any names. We had one guy, Bunting was standing. I was, like, at the red line on the benches and bunting was on the tucson side and one of our players skated over and just under his breath you know looked at me and murphy goes this is the coolest guy on their team do you know that he's like <laughs> he's the coolest so it was just a little yeah, chirp there's, it was there's really not funny. a lot of fans of no, uh 27 uh for it was tucson. funny um big news in the american hockey league uh you know, we had heard rumors of a new president coming in, uh, but Dave Andrews is going to call it a career after 26 seasons as the helm. Accomplished a lot over his tenure. He'll call uh, call it officially quits on July 1st because former Columbus Blue Jacket general manager Scott Housen has been named uh, the new president of the American Hockey League again starting on July 1st. So, you know, for Dave Andrews, his immediate impact for us personally in this organization can be felt with the expansion and the westward expansion in this Pacific division. And now you see it continue because we've got, of course, Vegas coming in and, of course, Palm Springs coming in. And while we've been here over the first five years, we had Tucson come in. We've had Colorado come in. So he's had a major impact on the growth of the game. I mean, these are just the things that we're going to circle because they impact us mightily. But uh, to get the American hockey league out west get the nhl and all those teams to get on the same page and to be able to be flexible too although people still don't quite understand it but to be flexible and play 68 games while the rest of the league is playing more i think is that's a testament to his you know ability to be flexible be innovative and, and just understand that this is about development in this league when everything is said and done but uh what a career i mean 26 years pretty incredible stuff yeah he's done a lot over his you know his tenure running the american hockey league and the western expansion is probably one of the biggest things that he's he's had a hand in um i mean the the stuff that you know you don't really think about that goes on behind the scenes all the teams that are you know, teams that are relocating teams that are buying ahl franchises i mean there's a lot of things that he's got his hand in that can be a bit of a headache I'm sure that he just has always seemed to find a way to come out on top with um obviously I'm, I think you know I'm sure he'll stick around for a little bit as like a, an advisory role to help out uh the new commissioner as he kind of comes on board here but I uh, certainly wish Dave nothing but the best and as the new commissioner comes in uh former Blue Jackets, right? That's what it was. Yep. Blue Jackets Jacket GM. GM. Now he's working in Edmonton, or he was working in yeah, Edmonton, I guess. Formerly with um, the Oilers organization. Yeah, and he's working with player development. So he's very familiar with the Bakersfield organization and, and all their players. So as a team on the West Coast, I think that has to help us a bit too, knowing that he's kind of got some, some roots here uh, and some investment on the West Coast. So that's certainly going to be helpful for us as well. Um, I couldn't tell you... A thing about what what uh, what this means for the direction of the American Hockey League or anything like that, but um, you know this seems like he's a a smart guy who's going to put you know development first and 
uh, continue to make this league, you know, the second best league in the world. Yeah, I think I read that he has a law degree, I believe, too. So obviously a really intelligent guy. Um, looking at the shark schedule, just to kind of give you an idea for an opportunity for maybe a Milosh to play in a game. Um, the Sharks, they're traveling back east. They'll start tomorrow in New Jersey. Then they'll play the Rangers, and they've got a back-to-back with the Islanders. So they play the two New York teams Saturday, Sunday, and then they wrap up uh, the fourth and final game of that road trip in Philadelphia on Tuesday. So maybe an opportunity for Milosh to crack the lineup at some point. Uh, I would guess if it was going to happen, it would be in uh, in uh, Brooklyn against the Islanders. Um, we'll, we'll wait and see if, if that ends up being the case. Look ahead for the Barracuda again on the road this upcoming weekend on Saturday and Sunday. It's an earlier start on Sunday in Ontario, just FYI. That's a 3 o'clock puck drop. And then our game um, on Saturday was pushed back to 7.30, so a little bit later in while pregame coverage starting on both those games 15 minutes prior. But returning back home, um, the Barracuda, they've got Ontario on Wednesday, kicks off a six-game homestand. We've got a nice little promotional stretch going Mm -hmm. on too, including the upcoming Churro night. This is your baby being a big uh, San Jose Giants fan and being uh, the marketing manager. This was something you pushed for and fans already. I mean, I think uh, just the numbers on on the tickets that are being sold are excited about this game as well. Um, I'm pumped about it because hopefully we'll get a couple samples up in the broadcast. booth. uh, It's going to, you know, we're going to welcome in, usher in baseball season. It'll be a little collaboration with the San Jose Giants um, and we'll wear specialty jerseys and it should be a lot of fun. And then, of course, we've got a Cuda Classroom Day coming up uh on that following monday so we got another early start too yeah so i'll start with churros day so san jose giants started i think it was two years ago as they would rebrand they rebranded once during the season as the san jose churros um and then last year adopted it i think four or five times throughout the year basically they do the complete rebrand like we've done in the past um it's part of the minor league baseball's uh, Copa de Diversion, which is really all all the teams, all minor league teams really around the country are all rebranding. I mean, if you've seen some of the hats or some of the team logos, there's some they're wild epic. ones. Yeah. They're amazing. Uh, I've got a, uh, I have a Lake Erie Pinatas hat, I think, which is, it's like pink and blue with a big pinata. It's awesome looking, but there's lots of like cool logos and stuff. But Churro's one obviously is one that's local it's got local ties to it and if you've ever been to a giants game and had um a churro from the giants game you understand how uh, amazing they are so um you know i'm, I'm help i was helping out there last summer and and you know reached out and kind of flowed the idea around some people and said hey you know what, what do you think about trying to team up and then do something with the barracuda maybe we do a churros jersey and they were all for it they thought the idea was great so we took that kind of ran with it and here here we are we've got specialty churro jerseys and we're really going to try to capture the fun and excitement of a san jose giants game and bring it to a barracuda game so obviously we'll have churros and we'll have you know baseball theme music we'll have uh the san jose giants obviously will be here they'll be tabling gigante will be here um Unfortunately, Paul Churro man will not be here. Uh, he had some prior commitments, so he's not going to be able to be here. Uh, but the San Jose Giants staff will be here. We're going to do second intermission stretch. We'll have, uh, you know, obviously we have the power pour, but we'll get the beer batter song going. It's it's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. And I think uh, the juries are going to be sweet and help us usher in uh, baseball season the best way possible. And you follow that up with Gouda Classroom Day, uh, the following was it monday monday yeah right? monday Cuda classroom day our second one of the year 
roll off of Monday into Wednesday, and then into Friday, we've got Cuda Country Night, Roy Sommer Bobblehead Night, big country western theme game gonna have lots of country music uh hopefully we get some other fun exciting interactive things going on i think it'd be cool if we could teach fans how to line dance on the concourse during intermission things like that uh so if you like country music if you like cowboy hats and cowboy boots and flannels and bolo ties whatever wear them show them off because i guarantee you roy sommer is going to be the best dressed cowboy in the building and if you can't compete with him well I can't blame you. And I, I think there's one guarantee this night we'll see Roy in a bolo tie. Oh, for sure. I, I, I asked him, I was like, hey, just checking. I was like, I know you guys are going to be in town. I wanted to see if you wanted to drop, you know, take part in ceremonial puck drop. And he said he wouldn't miss it. So uh, I'm excited. I know he's excited. And um, I mean, you saw him at sampling with the Sharks. His, uh, his outfit was... It was something. <laughs> he had a cowboy hat and the bolo tie. He looked like he had just come from the ranch. Well, some things never change, some right? So I'm don't. looking forward to that as well. It's a great bobblehead. If you haven't seen it, you can go to shibarakuda.com slash promotions. we got still a lot of good things on tap in terms of our promotional schedule. But we're kind of running up on the clock here. We've got a room reserved where we record this podcast, and we're kind of running out of time. So anything else, Joe, before we, we sign off? I don't, uh, I don't think so. I think we covered a lot of stuff. Obviously, no guests this week. Well, it was kind of just funky timing yeah. with our. We had the game on Monday, Monday and game. our normal recording yep. day Tuesday became an off day. So we'll get back to that uh, next week. And uh, I don't know. Maybe we talk to a new dad, Johnny Brodzinski, and see yeah, what uh, see what life's like on. as a father. Yeah, definitely. Um, just a reminder: Saturday, seven thirty, puck drop, seven fifteen, pregame show on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app at shibarakuda.com slash listen. As always, you can watch the game on AHL TV. Until then, we'll we'll talk to you all on Saturday. Well, I will, and uh, we'll have Joe back on next week. So I'll uh, talk to you if you want to tweet yeah, me or something. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, have a wonderful rest of your week, and we'll we'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Go Kuda, go Kuda.